you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Foss here from thechrisfossshow.com. There you go, folks. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here, as always, for 15 years. We've been bringing the smartest people, the CEOs, the billionaires, the uh, Pulitzer Prize winners, all of the brilliant people who write the most amazing books and stories that can improve the quality of your life and help you bask in what we call the Chris Foss Show Globe. So, as always, we've got three to four new episodes a week. 15 to 20 new uh, episodes coming out all the time so that you can really enjoy the show and uh, learn so much from our guests that we have. We had an amazing young man on the show today. He's uh, the author of the book, When Mongrel Dogs Teach, September 21st, 2020. It came out. William Burkhart is on the show with us today. Did I get that right, William? Yes, you did. Burkhart. There you go. Wanted to make sure we got that uh, right on the money there. And uh, he's going to be talking about his latest book. He's the author of two produced plays, Just Before the Snow Melts and Shadow Stock. Uh, the uh, next book, Walking Backwards in My Father's Steps, is set to be published later this year. A former journalist and theater critic, his articles and reviews have appeared in several Chicago area publications, including the Chicago Tribune. And he's the winner of the Peter Lizagor Award for Outstanding Journalism, an honor bestowed annually by the Chicago Headline Club to candidates in the seven-county Chicago area. He's an actor, director, and former radio host for a theater-related program at Chicago Area Radio Station. Welcome to the show, William. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, the new book is following in my father's footsteps, but mm. that's okay. That's okay. I'm sorry, I was reading the bio that was sent to us from the PR agency. It's good to have that correction. Let's talk about your current book that you have out, When Mongrel Dogs Teach. Give us an overview of what's inside this book and what it's about. Okay, well, as you discovered in my intro, I'm an actor, mm -hmm. I'm a director, I'm a theater guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm associated with uh, community theater that's been called the best community theater in this suburbs of Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, I started there in 1978. So not that I'm making a living at it, but I was doing this. And uh, after a while, you know, I was laying out pages and, you know, I won the award and, but I wasn't making the money. So I decided to go into teaching. No? And, you know, I've been to parties and things. I, I don't know if you, people go, oh, teachers, they, you know, they, all they do is work nine months. They get the summer off. They make all this money blah, 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 you know, and I was there, yeah, but then I thought, well, why not do it? I mean, it sounds, you know, like a great gig, Yeah. so, so I, you know, found out that because I was 44, I was coming in at the low end of the pay scale, and I had all this worldly experience, I was a director, I was a journalist, you know, uh, the local principal said, I'd hire you in a minute, so oh. I headed off. To, uh, I had to go back to school to pick up a few classes mm -hmm. to get 
endorsed, I mean, absent on January 30th at a newspaper, February 2nd, I'm at college, I'm in a class called Music of the World, mm-hmm. and everybody's stoned, okay? And I'm like, what have I done to myself? I actually started to tear up. We were studying the Nepalese Bankayaka or something. And yeah. It, it, I had to take a multicultural class. The religions of the world was not available. So I ended up with music of the world. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Anyway, I get through that. I do my student teaching. I do classes in secondary education, which, by the way, I would like to say my book, When My Dogs Teach, is would the, a great audience for it are people who are studying to be teachers or people who are teaching people to be teachers oh. because it's it's real life stuff that happened to me uh, with some exaggeration and uh, I you know put that in now mm-hmm. let me start I go in I got an interview a good school and the guy goes would you take a skills class and I go well, what's a skills class he says well you might have to go a little slower you know I, I go okay I could do that you know and I get the uh, out of my class and there's 17. Now that's great because I was told there was a minimum or a, or 30 is what you normally get and I had 17. Mm-hmm. Well when I got there it took me three weeks to figure out that every kid in there was behavioral disabled. Oh no. That means and it's all of them. Mm-hmm. It's one or two. I had two what they call them BD classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm supposed to teach him, you know, The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Anyway, every day was a fight. Uh, there was food flying. I had a pen thrown at my head. One day I just took the podium, I crashed it to the floor, and said, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Okay. And uh, yeah, all these kids go, oh, we're just, you know, teach us, teach us. I just sat there. I just sat there and looked at him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, well, I went around, I got to the dean, I showed in my list of students, they go, all these kids are in the same class? Because they knew them. I said, uh-huh. And they go, and I go, and I'm a first-year teacher. And the person just cried. I mean, just, and this is somebody high up. Wow. And, and then, you know, they say, call home. You know, I'm filling out referral sheets. Call home, call home. Yeah, and the parents are going, can't you do anything with them? I go, it's your kid. You raise them. I'm not raising your kid. I'm trying to educate your kid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, the principal came in and observed. Says you got to call these kids' mothers every night. And I'm thinking, this is not what I signed up for, you know. Anyway, the last day comes. Uh, we finish, and the whole class gets up. And assassinates me with silly string. Oh wow! Boom, 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 boom. You know that's silly. and I of course I freak, but then it's, it's silly string, you know. Yeah. And so I go to the principal. He goes, "That's the only way they could thank you. That was the only way you did reach them." And I yeah. thought, okay, fine. Anyway, when I interviewed, I wanted to teach either journalism or theater. Mm-hmm. That's what my background was in. 
Um, in fact, you have to get endorsed. I was not endorsed in journalism, even though I had been a professional award-winning journalist. So I, I had to go take, you know, intro to journalism. I was teaching a class. But finally, uh, they came at the end of it, and uh, the teaching job opened for drama. Oh. Uh, the lady just left, in fact. And all the kids who knew me went down to the lady in charge and said, hire him, hire him. So I went in, and they go, what's your experience? Well, I pull out a resume that makes it look like I've been, you know, Laurence Olivier. I mean, it's this long. Granted, it was a community theater, but she didn't know the difference between Steppenwolf, Goodman, or so I went in at the highest level. They give you a stipend, like the cross-country coach gets an extra stipend. Band leader gets a stipend. Well, the drama guy gets a stipend. And uh, I, I came in at the top. So now I'm making some pretty good money. I got, I got the uh, theater. We do a play called The Laramie Project, which is uh, based on the Matthew Shepard murder in Laramie, Wyoming, gay student. They tied him to a fence. I, I don't know if oh, you... Oh, yes, I'm familiar yeah, with that story. Sorry, yeah, right. Sadly. And so the kids jumped all over it. Now, this is like about 2001, mm -hmm. okay? And uh, they were all afraid. They won't let us do this. Well, I happened to show it to an administrator. He said, not only can you do this, you have to do this. Turns out he was gay. Oh. Okay, and he wanted to go ahead and educate. So we did this. We were a big hit. Went downstate to the University of Illinois for Theater Fest. They only take about 20 schools, and you can only go every other year. I went four times in eight years. I took oh, them wow. down. So I was kind of, uh, you know, a hot commodity in the theater area. And mm -hmm. that, that was the best thing. Now, here's the problems. I wanted to talk about the problems and the difficulties I had in education, which is reflected even now with what's happening in Florida. And you can't teach this. You can't teach black history, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and the kids came to me one day and they're doing these uh, college entrance exams, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you've been through that. Ours were... Um, they put all the students in alphabetical order in at all different classes. You have to watch them. The counselors wear uniforms of, like you see on the street, green and orange, and they're carrying the tests around, and everybody's got to be in order. And this goes all over the school, and I'm not in my, you know, and it's a big deal. And I'm, I, me, I go, well, I can proctor a test. I read the paper. They go, you can't read the paper. The people from the test, ACT, SCT, whatever, they walk around. And if you're not doing your job, then they, uh, you know, they go all over you. Well, well this, uh, so the kids are going, why do we have to take these tests? And I started to think about it. Why do they? And why did I? And, why? and, and, the, and the worst part of it was the kids began to uh, identify themselves with their score, you know? Oh, wow. going, and I said, Look, all this test does is quiz you on certain problems that a certain test maker wrote on a certain day that gave to you on a certain day, and you got a certain score, 
and that's all it's good for. It's not, you know, it, it's, it doesn't tell you what college you can go to. It doesn't tell you anything. All it really does is allow you to save your bedroom. And save your bedroom? Go, save your, yeah, right. What? Save your bedroom? Wait, and I go, here's how it works. All right. You live in a house in a town and everybody takes these tests and it's all very official. There could be nothing, you know, and if I say I'm with Boeing and I'm going to transfer to Chicago, the first thing I go is, where are the good schools? Mm-hmm. Well, they go to these test scores and look at them and they, you know, and if you can afford a high test score town versus a shitty test score town, mm-hmm. that's where you want to go. And I tell the kids, this is what these t- tests are all about. They really have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. They have all to do with money and class. And I go, so if you don't want to lose your bedroom, that is, if you have to move to a smaller house in a different town, because that's all you can afford because your scores are down, you have to do this. Hmm. And of course, they're laughing. And I'm laughing. We had a, we had a school in town one problem and they threw out all the tests and the whole school had to redo it again and, wow. I was, and i'm like i'm me i'm going what the, is anybody home and, and mm. the counselors and everybody are you know they're dressed up like cops mm-hmm. and, and some of the questions are just awful mm-hmm. i ran into one well I don't, I don't want to get into that question right now but that is one thing I found that was not cool. The other is rubrics. Okay. Rubrics. I don't know if you heard of them. It's like a, a, a matrix. And it says, you know, theme, transitions, paragraph development on one side and across the top is not good, maybe better, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you circle the box. Okay. And I go, what does that do? Well, it allows the teacher to give a grade and show a parent, look, your kid got an 81. Here's the proof. And the parents buy this stuff. Well, I go, it does no such thing. I ask the kids, does this help you learn at all? They go, no. So I, I told very vocally, people who use rubrics don't know how to teach. Oh, wow. Okay, and I had I had uh, you know t- kids whose lives changed because of the way I taught. But when I started knocking the rubrics, I, I wouldn't use them, um, and that became an issue. We had a dress code. The dress code for the girls, at least, was if they stood up, their hands, if they go down, could not be lower than their garment or whatever mm-hmm. I, had, I had kids not popular kids uh and they go this is all we can find at gap and banana republic and you know and their parents were like so i started to write up uh the cheerleaders mm-hmm. because the cheerleaders broke the dress code their skirts were too short mm-hmm. and I, I wrote up the soccer kids you know, and the kids are going, I'm not going to, I go, go to the dean. And they go, no, I refuse. And then I go, good for you. 
Okay, but I want everybody to know. And the principal called me, he goes, what are you doing? I said, you got a dress code that's either A, being enforced unfairly, or you need new uniforms. And he, he, you know, so I became, that was like a crusade. I would go to a dean, I go, look, you know, and there's this cheerleader, write her up, you know. This did not go over well with the powers that be. Oh, there you go. That'll Uh, do it. But I stuck to my guns. I, I decided the best way to do this was points. Okay, just points. And I made it, say, 100 points. Any assignment was 100 points. Now, if you got, you know, you did a good job, whatever, 92. And maybe it wasn't as good a job. I would mark on the paper 84, you know, B, whatever. Then I go, let's say you get a 58. I go, technically, that's an F plus. Hmm. I go, has anybody got an F plus in their lives? Anybody? How about an F minus? Anybody get it? You know, Mrs. Jones, your son is failing, but just barely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then I said, let me give you an example. Say you turn in an assignment on a paper bag written in crayon that I can barely read, and I give you a 30. All right. Well, now you're way down in F minus land. Mm-hmm. But if you turn nothing in, I give you a zero. Mm. Now, a zero is you can't come back from really out of 100 points. You really have to hustle. So I go, turn something in. And then I gave them as much time as they needed to redo it. Okay? I would mark it up and I go, if you want to call this a rough draft, redo it. Redo it. I had some kids redo it four or five times. And they would get the grade. I also had kids because of that, didn't turn in anything until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I had one kid come in all the work from the whole semester on the last day. Mm-hmm. He hadn't turned in anything. So I just flipped through the papers. I'm looking at him and I threw him in the garbage, pulled up the computer and gave him a D minus. Wow. And he goes, you're not going to read that stuff? I go, no, I'm not going to read that. You're playing a game. I'm playing a game. You're going to turn all this stuff in at the last minute, you know, but I was, you know, I, I, I enforced and really got them to believe in, give me something. Okay. I had a kid, we read a story, Flannery O'Connor, it had a condom in it. All right. It just was an incidental. So the one kid who I had nothing on had given, he goes, can I do a paper on the history of condoms? And I go, okay. Now, I've got nothing from this kid. I go, go ahead. It's in the story. Right? So he comes back with, you know, leather skin from Egypt, which uses a condom. You know, and of course, here comes his parent going, what? why is my son writing about condoms? I go, this is the only thing your son has written in the whole year. And wow. at, least, at least I can evaluate him on that, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to hit on, and this is very key to my book, are t- is Howard Zinn. Now, Howard Zinn is the author of The People's History 
of the United States. And I got into an American studies class where I taught English and the other guy taught history. But we were a team. And uh, Howard Zinn is actually in Goodwill Hunting. If you Matt Damon walks into uh, Robin Williams' office and he looks around and he goes, you read all these books? He goes, you're reading the wrong fucking books. He said, the book you ought to read is Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. That's a book that'll knock you on your ass. Okay. So we taught Howard Zinn, which, uh, man, today, I'm surprised. I mean, he, he, the Columbus passage was all about genocide. Mm -hmm. All of it. You know, nothing about Christopher. There was another book, Christopher Columbus Navigator by Elliot Morrison from Harvard. Big deal book. Talked about how he could, you know, sail and all of this. One sentence about genocide. Zinn said, I'm going to write nothing but genocide. So he focused on the underdog, the disenfranchised. And that's how we taught. Hmm. The, the American Revolution chapter was called a, a kind of revolution. And hmm. the reason it was is because then he says, look, the colonies are like a Cadillac. They're running, they're smooth, and the keys are owned by King George. So a bunch of rich guys named Madison, Jefferson, Washington, Hamilton, they get their buddies together and they steal the keys. End of story. Most of the people, nothing changed. The people who fought the revolution and were promised money, many of them didn't get it. They started a rebellion in 1786 called Shays Rebellion. That's what Howard Zinn leads with when he talks. He brings up Shays Rebellion. Why? Mm. Because in 1786, the year dates were one year from the Constitution. What happened was some guys rioted. They locked him up and told the militia to go down there and, you know, discipline. Well, they turn out it's all their friends. Oh, wow. And they go, I'm not going to do this. So the next time the militia came, it was a guy from Georgia, a guy from North Carolina, a guy from Vermont in an, a central army. The Constitution in 1787 was created because of Shades' Rebellion. Wow, that's amazing. They, and that's how Zinn teaches it, okay? Now, wow. can you imagine this with in Florida right now? With uh, uh, Probably probably not. Nah, so, probably not. But that's so, what I'm concerned about. Okay, and what is that exactly? What what are you concerned about exactly? With well, 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 we teach our children. We're teaching them things that are not true. Oh. Uh, we are running away from the truth about race mm -hmm. in this country. And race in this country is absolutely necessary. And they're trying to get rid of they try in when I they were trying to get Hawk Finn. They wanted to get rid of Huck Finn. Mm -hmm. I loved Huck Finn. Yeah. But the problem is 240 N-words. Okay? And the black students, they were all afraid we were going to riot if we taught Huck Finn. And I said, no, no. There's a way to do this. And people were going, I can't teach Huck Finn. And then I said, well, then you're a crappy teacher because there's a way to do this. Because it turns out that Huck Finn, at the end of the book, 
who has been taught from his first days that if he doesn't turn Jim in, he's going to go to hell. No. And, and, and this was set in 1850. Twain wrote it in 1884. Now, if you are a kid at that time and told you're going to go to hell, means a lot different than today because back then you were going to go to hell. And, Jim, and Huck says, all right, I'll go to hell. He rips up the note to turn in Jim, and he's the one who changes. He's the one who represents humanity and seeing and overcoming the burdens of what he's taught because he's been taught wrong. And the same yeah. thing is going on today. Um, there you go. So what do you, as we round out the hour, let me ask you my final question. What, uh, what, what do you hope people come away from reading your book? Well, what I hope they come away from is, one, if they're going to be a teacher, they have to understand certain things. And I have questions at the end of the book about, for example, if you're in a school and they tell you you can't use this book, find out. If it's a book you want to use, find a way to get it in. You know, assert your rights, but be aware of what districts are doing and try to change. The most important thing to come away from my book is that teaching changes lives. Hmm. I had parents calling me saying, my son is reading your book. He hasn't read a book Ever. And he's reading The Great Gatsby at night. I go oh. into his room. And what did she go? He goes, my teacher really makes this book come alive. I think I want to be a writer. And the mother, who was a third grade teacher, thanked me. And she said, I, and I've been trying to, but somehow the way you teach uh, really got this child inspired. Mm. And I had, I've had many, many incidents of that. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Uh, We've got to round out the show. So thank you for coming on. Give me your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs and get to know more about you. Well, the book is uh, with Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's rated there. But why do, I didn't. I didn't understand what you said. My my comms. The comms you have any websites oh. that you have that you want people to go to. Just go to uh, Amazon.com and type in my name. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, though, I am working with Blackstone. Yes. And, and that's why I'm with you, actually. Mm -hmm. And they have an idea, and I'm with them to try to maybe get it into colleges. Get you know, uh, to people, either colleges uh, or people who are studying to be a teacher, mm -hmm. in, you know, they, that is what this book would do. There you um, go. There you go. And one, uh, other th one other thing. May I? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. This is a, this a wind up. Mm -hmm. And I have to do this because uh, it's a miracle. And when you have a miracle, I think you got to tell it. In 1986, all right, I was watching some evangelist on TV. I was drinking wine. Mm -hmm. He's one of these guys who goes, Put your hand to the TV and tell me what you want, and it'll come through. And all. So I said, okay, I want a job in my county 
that pays me $50,000 a year that has something to do with theater. And I switched the channel. Okay. Next day, I got a call to review for the local paper. Wow. Then I got then I got a job laying out the local paper. Then mm-hmm. I got the entertainment editor job. Then I got the features editor job. All right. Then I got to cut school. And then I got the teaching job in theater. And by the time I finished, I was at fifty thousand dollars. And wow. since I retired, that's about my benefits. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so praise God. I mean, I, I, I'm a testimony that, that God is real. And he, mm-hmm. and that was my dream. And I actually, I want to say, Chris, I, you know, I complained a lot. They tried to get me fired on a lie, but I love teaching. I there love you. kids. I, I had more in common with the kids than I did with the administrators. And the reason that is, is because there's some people who, who join teaching to get the summer off. They're not interested in kids. Hmm. The people who are interested in kids, I call the other ones climbers. They want to climb up the, t- the ladder. But I want teachers who are invested in the children. You've yeah. got to change their lives. And there that's why, that, and that's my wind up. Thank you very much for coming on the show, William. We really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. There you go. Folks, order up the book wherever fine books are sold, When Mongrels Teach by William Burkhardt. Thanks to Monis for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. That's-